자 이제 말씀 듣고 우리 이제 승리를 막 선포하면서 이제 이 영광을 가지고 파나마로 보내는 파나마로. Okay, so we're going to listen to the word. And receive the victory and send that glory to Panama and to Israel. There are so many people who registered already from Central America. And 160 people registered in Korea alone. The people left at the church is going to have a hard time because they have to, they have to do everything else. I think I should leave them some money to get meat, to get barbecue. Um, it's really expensive right now. Uh, before coronavirus, it was about 40, or wait, no, sorry, $400 per person at Dan Hotel. At Dan Hotel. But now, now it's about $800 per person. So it's gotten very, very expensive. But anyways, what this means is that whenever we do a conference overseas, it's basically costing us a building, an arm and a leg. We've already used so much money, even though it's not even yet April, or April hasn't yet finished. So, but anyways, uh, let's first deal with the 100 million so that we can build. It's already in the account. I, I just, it's just not available. No one believes me, do they? No one believes me, do you? It's already in. It's already in the account. I just, I just need to get it to be signed now. And so, anyways. Have you never practiced shooting a gun uh, when you're in a, as your policeman? Are you you're good at shooting gun? Oh yeah. I don't think you'll be able to shoot a person, will you? Let's say that a robber came. Would you be able to shoot him? When you're this afraid? Wow, that's kind of interesting. But anyways, go back. You can go back. <laughs> so Micah, chapter 7, verse 7, until the end. Very good. Okay. Excuse me. <clears throat> okay, so were you happy this week? 
Really? Truly? But anyways, as I always say, it, it's important from today. You now have to embody all this that you have received throughout this week. God, throughout this conference, has truly shown you the reality of the word, the reality of the spiritual world. That, that wasn't my intention, actually. But God is showing you the embodiment of this spiritual world to you. So anyways, let's finish this uh, book of Micah regarding the words of restoration. And then finish with victory. Amen. And so, uh, let's receive this grace and send forth this glory towards Pan- Panama. And then Panama, that glory comes back to Korea. And then from Korea, that uh, glory goes once again forth out to Israel. Amen. When God's glory is there, there is riches, there is freedom, and there is power. Amen? So as we entered into the season of the pandemic, God has been moving in such great scale. Whether it's power or presence of God, uh, even last conference in Costa Rica, we had 900 pastors, and there were so many things happening. And already, uh, there's almost 200 people from Central America who have already purchased their flight to Israel. Even from Korea alone, bringing taking 200 people is difficult. But 200 people going from Central America, that literally means that they're selling their houses, they're selling their cars. And we give thanks to God for this work, amen? that they have um, completely absorbed the truth of Zoe ministry. And so these pastors have been set on fire. So really, in faith, I, uh, I proclaim that about 300 people, more than 300 people will come. But now that actually 300 people are coming, I'm afraid. So anyways, it's okay. God can raise that scale and he's going to take care of that scale. And so we're grateful because all we have is money. (laughs) Okay, but really, it's not a waste at all. God will, is more than willing to use and all of these uh, prophecies of blessings have been proclaimed to our church and these bl- prophecies are being fulfilled and really it no longer takes any time for the fulfillment of these prophecies almost immediately almost immediately 
And God is acknowledging the the merits of our past 25 years of ministry. And so it does not take long for the Holy Spirit to sign off on 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 our our blessings. Amen. And above all else, the reason is because this is the season that we are on, the season for the remnant to be established. And in this season, if we do not, um, if we do not be vigilant, we're going to get lost in the mire. We have to keep following after His glory. Amen. And so, really, God is going to establish His remnant. And so we need to go to Africa and also China as well. And as these two pastors from China uh, go back to China, they need to open that glorious gate. Okay, they need to open that glorious gate. In Africa, the doors are being opened. And if it happens according to our prayer, then uh, the next conference in Africa will be in South Africa and in uh, Ethiopia. Ethiopia is very important. There are many Jews in Ethiopia. And so God opened up the doors to Ethiopia. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And maybe next year, probably going back to Honduras and maybe Dominican Republic, maybe. Maybe the third or fourth week of next of February of next year. But whenever I go to somewhere new, I want to go with the young adults. I want to take the young adults with me. Because really, Zoe ministry needs to move to the next generation. And so the merit of the first generation was getting to this point. But now, the second generation needs to take that baton and move forward. Amen? And so remember, during the three years of the coronavirus, we did 11 conferences for the pastors. That was really miraculous during that time, wasn't it? That was a time where our, mon- our church had no money, and yet we kept using $50,000, $30,000. And, and now that merit is going to be poured out here to this next generation. And so it's now your turn, your turn. So I'm moving with you, the next generation. Amen? And so you are very important. And now it's time for me to invest directly into you and to pour out to you. Amen? And so the reason why you are very important is because you have received the pure gospel of Zoe ministry alone. right? And so that's why it's so important. For the past 20 years, God did not allow anyone who could not receive that pure pure gospel to remain with us. Do you know why um, Central America is so active and so on fire? Because these pastors are a blank slate. 
They don't have their own philosophy. They don't have their own thoughts. They receive that anointing just as it is. And because they receive it just as it is, it works in their ministry. And that's why Central America is activated so well. And now, of course, this the, it's also because the time is upon us. But really, God is raising up the fruit of, of the remnant in these end times. But one reason for for its great activation is because they are a blank slate. They receive it just as it is. When I lay my hands, they just receive it just as it is. When I tell them to gather in Israel, look, look at what they do to gather. They're gathering. And so they move according to the truth that they receive. And so really the Zoe ministry of Korea is completely different, right? For 20 years I had to pour out, pour out, wrestle, wrestle, say, and wrestling like this is mine, this is yours, this is mine. But now, now that the time is upon us, the time has come. It's time for you this purity to rise up, amen. And so really, ministry is so comfortable. It's so easy in Central America. They have no doubt. They have no doubt. No matter what state they are in, if I say run, they run. If I say stand, they stand. If I don't have to say it twice. Just in one, at one, one go. And so this is the uh, proof that remnant are being established. And so you as well, this next generation, the second generation, you are very important. Amen. And so in Panama as well. And so going to Honduras and Dominica also next year as well, right? So, so I will receive um, registration from the young adult. The other, the older generation, leave them at home. Leave them at home, and the next generation, let's go. And so, don't receive registration from older generation. It's all about the next generation. This new generation is going to rise. Enzip is going to rise. Amen. <laughs> in this conference in Panama, the young adults is really important. The next generation and the young adults to rise up. And so my the plan that I have, excuse me, is that at least in Central America, that we would gather uh, all the young adults from all over the world in Central America. So maybe 3,000 young adults gathered. All 3,000 from Zoe Ministry. Don't tell your father just yet, okay? Because if you tell your father, he's going to start working already. Okay, he's, he's going to start running his head, his mind. Is there anywhere in Central America to gather 3,000? Soccer stadium. <laughs> and so the young adults rising up as the army in this last days. Let us all gather, amen? Everyone here, on that, when that day comes, you all promise me to go, okay? Okay, raise your hand if you want to go to Honduras and Dominican Republic. Okay, if you have faith, you go. Raise your hand, raise your hand high if you want to go. Why do you lack so much faith? Okay, okay. 
알았어 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 얘네들은 돈 맛을 본 적이 있었고 돈의 문제가 없다는 걸 알고 아들 Okay, these kids, they've tasted um, money and so... Anyways, anyways, uh, Malaysia as well, Singapore as well, all of you, come, come to Central America, come to Central America, amen? So I'm going to see you all in Africa. But anyways, so this is the season for us to gather. And so it's time to raise up this main character, these 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 stars of this age, right? So young adults, and doesn't that just stir up your heart? Three thousand young adults gathered in one place. How amazing would that be? We hope so. Stadium, estadio, estadio. Okay, so let us read. Ah. <laughs> Oh, please pray that the center would be established. Maybe from 2025, we're expecting us to have the conference in the center that we are planning to establish. So anyways, we need to begin um, buying the, the, the place and um, planning the structure of the building. So where to buy the, uh, the place is important. But um, the mortgage around here, uh, real estate around here is super expensive so with um, 100 billion one you cannot really buy much um, he, I don't know how uh, I don't know how to convert the scale of the Korean um, you know Pyong is I don't know how, how um, big is in but anyways <clears throat> so we need to um, see where to buy the, the place maybe we should change the plan to have 200 billion one instead of 100 billion And if God inspires me to change the plan, then I will do so tonight. To God, it's all just um, digits of numbers. So, anyways, let's uh, open up to Micah chapter 7. Nobody believes in me when I say I am holding um, 100,000 one. I mean 100 billion one. <laughs> 
verse 7 to 20, the final verse. Okay, um, but as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I am fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Because I have sinned against him, I will bear the Lord's wrath. Until he pleads my case and upholds my cause, he will bring, bring me out, of, out into the light. I will see his righteousness. Then my enemy will see it and will be covered with shame. She who said to me, Where is the Lord your God? My eyes will see her downfall. Even now she will be trampled underfoot like mire in the streets. The day for the buildings you... For building your walls will come, the day for extending your boundaries. In that day, people will come to you from Assyria and the cities of Egypt, even from Egypt to the um, Euphrates, and from sea to sea and from mountain to mountain. The earth will become desolate because of its inhabitants as the result of their deeds. Shepherd your people with your staff, the flock of your inheritance, which, lie, which lives by itself in a forest, in fertile uh, pasturelands. Let them feed Obashan and Gilead as in days long ago. As in the days when you came out of Egypt, I will show them my wonders. Nations will see and be ashamed, deprived of all their power. They will, be, they will put their hands over their mouths and their ears will become deaf. They will lick dust like a snake, like creatures that crawl on the ground. They will come trembling out of their dens. They will turn in fear to the Lord our God and will be afraid of you. Who is a God like you? Who pardons sin and forgives gives a transgression of the remnant of his inheritance. You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl our iniquities into depths of the sea. You will be faithful to Jacob and show love to Abraham as you pledged on oath to our ancestor in days long ago. So finally, Micah is preaching about this message of uh, restoration. So if a prophet finish a message with a judgment, then it's a very difficult thing, serious thing, right? So we need to finish it with the message of restoration. So let's look at this message from verse 7 to 13. So through Book of Micah, God told us lots of things. And um, in terms of Micah's um, prophecy, Jesus' first coming was actually in the stream or the flow of the remnant. So is the word of God for everyone? No. All the prices that Jesus has paid is for everyone, but not all the people can receive that. So, so the reason why God is referring to the remnants, He is talking about the people who will who will gladly accept it. Why? Because the salvation that Jesus has paid for, is not. Not like what um, great processors saying, just as we are going just into heaven, but also the salvation is in the perspective of making us uh, holy and pure and perfect. And in order to call us his inheritance and in order to give us the dignity as child of God. So if you have only received the salvation in a right way, then, then you could... 
you could you would know that God had already given you all the things from the point that you have given the salvation. And the ones who are securing those blessings are the remnants. So it's not like God has selected few people as remnants. But the ones who have received and accepted all the glory of God, they are the remnants. So the core of the salvation in the Bible lies on the people who met event of Damascus. So Bible does not show any promise to, to those people like these kind of people will be saved, these kind of people will be saved. No. The only people who will be saved are the ones who will gladly give their lives away for the truth of the Lord. They are the ones who are saved. Disciples. They're the ones who have met the event of salvation. The ones who will never put any worth in, in the world and that something that is not out of God, not from God. The ones who will confirm that God is our everything. God is uh, deciding how to uh, rule this earth and this history. But when you receive and accept that He has the same plan to each and every one of us as a temple, then that's um, the confirmation of salvation. And if you have met the Lord in the right way, then that has already been given to you from the point that you have received the salvation. So the remnants are not like those special kind of people that has been selected, but but the ones who receive all the glories that Jesus has accomplished. So, so that's why I'm saying that Jesus came in the flow of the remnant. So it's not like we are making any decision to become a remnant. But if we have received the right salvation, then we will, um, we will normally be the remnant. We will live a life as a remnant. And that's the only um, event of salvation that Bible is promising. So Bible does not say, uh, if you just live a mediocre life and you will, you will receive salvation, you will go to heaven, and you will get some kind of reward afterward. There's no such promise like that in the Bible. So what's going to happen to those kind of people? Uh, I will always say you, you, need to, you need to see that after you die. But in the Bible, you, you always have to confirm your present. You need to confirm, if I even die today, I will meet the Lord in glory. The Creator, the Lord of the Lords. Lord of all creation. Salvation is His great gospel. And it's His gospel, so it must meet that, that um, scale, right? If you understand who He is, then you, need, you will be able to believe that the salvation that He gave us is just as great as, as Him. So remnants are not special um, 
categorized of per people, but the ones who have received he, his um, salvation in the right way. Amen. So, so Micah's core is that he has the definition of the remnants. Who are the remnants? So if you have the only way for your spiritual life is to be the remnants. It's not on the matter of decision. That's the only way. In 2,000 years of um, Christianity, the great prostitute have been deceiving people. And ever since the emperor Constantine, Constantine have received all the um, foreigners to his country, he made this religion into a tool that can uh, form all these people into one category. And he changed that religion uh, according to people's want. This is cheap upgrade prostitute. So they made the ultimate goal as going into heaven. So they made many different ways to get salvation. If you do this, then you will go to heaven. If you do that, then you will go to heaven. And even after you die, you, will, you can buy yourself, you can earn, earn yourself a ticket to go to heaven. So in the theology of the churches these days, uh, high hides the great uh, chips of the great prostitute and these has been uh, made affected the churches to be powerless and churches must be raised as great trees large trees but but they are now like a small plants they are powerless let's let's continue so last 20 years the ministry has been plucking out those chips of the great prostitute that's why we are seeing how, how genuinely God is moving his church. I'm emphasizing once again, church will never be ignorant or never be powerless because of lack of material, lack of power, lack of wisdom. This is God's church. The reason why Zoe ministry is so blessed is that uh, they see we see God's glory so let's return to the main text and let's listen to the message of restoration you answer are you guys regretting coming to the conference no good you guys like attending the conference better than going to the classes right well your headmaster sitting over there she she would be sad listening to that Say, say, I like going to class more than this on behalf of her. Anyways, verse 7. Until verse 6, we heard the message of Israel's corruption. Now, from verse 7, there comes an offset. And Micah is saying the remnants will not live like that. <clears throat> so here 
so here but as for me um, here appears the the Hebrew term Vav here Micah says that I will not live like that and he says I watch in hope for the Lord so you know looking up and watch for hope they have the same meaning so I said this message in the book of Hebrews 2 in your religion one of the most important core is to face yourself toward the Lord having the direction toward Him So many people, when they try to um, do something out of their own while losing their direction, then that's meaningless. So prayer is the same. It does not lie, the importance of prayer does not lie on how long will you pray or how hard you will pray, but it's a matter of how will you meet the Lord in your prayer. So in, in, that, in that sense, worship is the same. If you fail to meet the Lord, then it's nothing. So the first first point is that you should face him you should have the direction you should meet him if you fail to do this no matter how hard you pray it does not have any meaning that will become religious prayer and religious prayer might lead you to a certain point but you will surely meet the limitation and we use the term grace right Grace means that I do not do anything, but instead I receive His present. So receiving the present is only possible when we are facing toward Him. So the most fundamental spirituality is to set the direction toward Him. In book of Hebrews, they say uh, it says lots of important revelations, but the author of the Hebrews said that that in order to fulfill those revelations are to look toward, fix your eyes to Jesus Christ. Look to Jesus Christ. So when we look toward Him, all the glory and power He promised to us will flow into us. So, when we say look to the Lord, it is not changing of emotion or it is not for something good but but when we look toward him practically all the spiritual functions within me that needed to be activated in order to look at him will will move so it's a practical event especially in new testaments we don't uh, there are so many times that these these different authors that say to look to look look at him in second corinthians 4 6 look at the face of jesus christ then then you will be able to receive the light of knowing god so when when someone says look it means that he used to be an invisible god But now Jesus came on this earth as an image of God, as a visible God. In the Old Testament, people were not able to see him. Back then, if they saw God, then they probably they died. But in, in New Testament, we need to survive in order to we need to survive. I mean, we need to see his glory in order to survive. That's the reason why these authors are keep saying to look, to look. And when we look at him, then we will be able to receive everything that comes out of him. And when we receive what comes out of him, 
then all the functions of the new self, which are a person who will only see him, will be activated. So looking at him is a practical event. But oppositely, what you are looking at the world is also practical. For example, if you have watched the movie for two hours, it does not just end that you are having a, a fun moment, but all the information that you were exposed through the movie will come into you, and it will strengthen all the powers of all self in you. For example, if I watched a one um, pornography, then for two hours, uh, all those immoral information will flow into me and, and all the Babylonian powers will be stored in me and then spirit of immorality will also come into me. Then the spirit of immorality will be personalized in me. So ever since the human being was created, and the way human being was created is like that. That's how human beings are created. So Adam, after he was created, what he did was to look after the Lord and to follow him. And when he, when he looked toward something else, looked toward the fruit of knowing good and evil, then the, their temptation came. So when we say look to the Lord, then it's a very practical and important thing. If you, if you look at the world instead of looking at the Lord, then um, the practical event of looking at the world will happen to you and some kind of dark functions will be strengthened in you. And after the power is being stored, you will feel that your old self is also getting stronger and stronger too. So, so look, what's the personality? So personality means that it will react to whatever it is uh, being touched by. For example, in, in a relationship, if I hate someone, it does not just end at hating him, but the energy of hating a person will store in me. And if I don't solve that, it will become some kind of power to form my personality. And let's say if you saw a nice car um, driving by and think, oh, I want to have that car. You might think that uh, it's just one simple um, second of a desire to possess something. But, but with this one sight, your desire will be stronger, will get strengthened. This is a reaction of the personality. You need to know. Let's say our brother saw a sister walking by, so and she's wearing these leggings. And these, these, uh, these crop shirts, uh, these short, short sleeves. And as soon as he saw the sister, you think, wow, she's hot. Uh, maybe he might have just reacted to her just for a second, but at that instance, the power of immorality will go into him immediately. And in order to get rid of the power, uh, it, get, it gets time. So, 
sisters must wear modest clothing. And that's a great thing. And you sisters might think, oh, I just, it's, it's because of my own satisfaction. But, but, you know, that can be a motivation for some kind of brothers to, to be aroused. Um, uh, oh, sister, please stand up. Sister, please stand up. Stand up, sister. Turn around. So to at least to this kind of fashion, our brothers will will never think, oh, she's hot. <laughs> I'm I'm actually complimenting you. So what what? I mean, why is is our clothing so important? But I'm saying what you are showing out outside of you, what showing um, to the others, it reflects your spiritual status. So even without discerning the the spirit, if I see someone wearing uh, some sort of, uh, if I look at the styles of the people wearing, then I will I will know immediately, at least those people who are characterized by immorality and the world. Of course, if you do not wear those kind of clothes, I will surely discern those kind of things. But I will, I will notice immediately, just by looking at their, their style, just by hearing how they are saying. No need to discern the spirit. So through, through your exterior um, expressions, your spiritual things are being reflected. But all of them are um, the power that are built from your, your personality. Many years ago, I ministered a pastor, and his father also was a pastor, and he was pastoring a church. And after he met me, this, this devil was surfaced, and there was this strong, diverse spirit in him. And it seemed like he had no relationship between this diverse spirit in his family because his father also was a pastor. So I looked, looked at the past of his, his life. How did this devil went, uh, come into him? When he was eight, he went around, uh, he walked around in his town with his grandmother when he was eight and he saw this one shaman doing a spell and during the time he received a fear and in his life he had no problem but but after he began pastoring when he met him this one hidden devil surfaced with one with one instance one confrontation gave him this strong influence of the devil so in your daily life, through cell phone, through these videos, how imagine how much of an energy you are receiving from those times. Because you are spiritually ignorant, you, you ignore those kind of things and you're just living. And you don't feel anything. You, you think that it's nothing, but it's not. When a living spirit meets something, then it will have some sort of reaction. Then you might think, oh, then should I live all my life in a solitary room? 
So because uh, we know this weakness, we need Holy Spirit to indwell in me. And if you live by this indwelling Holy Spirit, you will have no, no problem. Then all this function to look at him will move in me. So Micah is deciding as a remnant that he will look, look toward him. I watch and hope for the Lord. Such an important issue. The first step to live as a remnant is to look at him. Colossians 3, 3 1 says this. We have been born again from God above, so we will seek only from what's coming from above. We should live by what is being provided from above. So without Holy Spirit, this is impossible. And because we have Holy Spirit indwelling in us, it is possible. It is possible for us to be um, the personality who can live only by looking at Jesus Christ. But why is this why is this seem so impossible? Because you don't see Holy Spirit dwelling in you and not acknowledging Holy Spirit is moving in you. And you need to follow the Holy Spirit to lead your life to that point, but you are still living in your own thoughts. And you don't understand what what it is to look at the Lord. This is how how important um, looking at him is. These days, in order to um, make a car, you need at least 2 million um, different pieces. So just like this little car called Morning that I drive. Those of you who drive a nicer car than me, uh, repent. (laughs) Or at least buy me a better car. (laughs) But anyways, out of those 2 million um, pieces, in order to move all those... uh, pieces how can you do that it's not like you need to circulate your wills no what should you do all you need to do is to turn on the power then all these different pieces will work together so it's the same when we look at the Lord all the functions that can live with kingdom of God will be activated automatically. So fix your eyes on Jesus Christ. That's why we need to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. Fix your eyes with, with, with super glue. That's how we should live. We should focus. We should set our eyesight to Him. When we look at anything in His eyesight, we can filter all evils. In 1 John 2.15, uh, it talks about three channels of evil that human beings are receiving the evils. First, we have these fleshly desires. These fleshly desires are being strengthened by eyes, desire of an eye. So when this desire of flesh is being strengthened by desire of of the eyesight, he is having his life of a beast to be strengthened in him. 
So probably the amount that you are receiving the evil from your eyes are the most. And one of the reasons why this young, young generation must live out of selfishness is so clear because in, in average they are looking at their cell phone eight hours a day. And even if you uh, have fellowship with the Lord eight hours a day, and we cannot even guarantee what will happen to you, but, but, uh, but how can you look at a cell phone? So how strong would your fleshly desire be? So, so in a way, it is so clear that you failed to meet the event of Damascus. It is so clear that you cannot meet kingdom of God. So you need to get rid of this cell phone in any way. We cannot talk about glorious kingdom without letting go of this thing. Without let go of this thing, we cannot complete the salvation. Even if you pray eight hours a day, we cannot even guarantee that you will be victorious over the, the world. And when I go to the gym, I get mad at these kind of people who are, who are doing cell phone in between the sets. And I have, to, I have to work, use those machines. I mean, why are you playing on your phones when you came to the gym to exercise? Right? It drives me crazy. So you need to know and understand the desire of eyesight is the main channel of all those evils. And we've been talking about the noose, the spiritual function. Noose is a spiritual channel in our spirit. And if you continue to look at the world, your noose will be corrupted. And noose is one of your spiritual organs, which is real, just like your liver is real in you. Noose is a spiritual organ. In, in Book of Revelation, those people who have clean noose will be able to distinguish who the Antichrist is. And God is raising this generation whose noose are clean. And I will surely say that this generation whose news is clean are the ones who are separated from their cell phone. This is important. Do not take, consider this desire of eyesight lightly. You are receiving the most um, power of death through your eyes. So if you spend one hour on your cell phone, in the cell phone there's spirit of the world, spirit of comparison, despair, desire of the world this in a feeling of inferiority so at least at least 200 spirits and influences from the world you are receiving from using cell phone so it is so clear it is so understandable that reasonable that you cannot pray so because you have such a strong nation in you, you fail to touch the most fundamental spiritual thing, your hurt, spiritual hurt. How foolish is that? 
hurt is something that you should get rid of the moment that you receive salvation. And um, all those issues of characters must be solved the moment that you solve the issues of salvation. But because you are um, establishing your own world so powerfully that you fail to do that. But what's the hope? What is our hope? That He, God, has a will to solve all those in this season. What, what is only needed is your will, your will. That I will, I will let go of my cell phone in order to get rid of my desire of my eyesight. Amen? Let's continue. So to look is such a great revelation of Micah. He's uh, penetrating all the messages of the book of Hebrews just by this one word. And I wait for my Savior, God will hear me. So here it means to listen, to hear. So, so it's not God is listening to what I'm praying, but he's reacting to my identity, who I am. So, so God looks at who the person is and he will react to that identity and he will respond to that, that prayer. So it's not like he will respond to your prayer if you say something fancy, but because you are a holy person and God is responding to this holy prayer that this holy being is lifting up. So prayer is about an uh, event of a being, but it's not an event of a sound. So here it means God is listening carefully to him. And in, in, in Hebrew word, the word hear has the same concept of respond. So when God hears, he will respond. In 1 John, it says the same thing. Because, because we have asked according to his will, and he will hear. And if he hears, then he will respond. This is one word. So when you when your being is qualified, you will be a father and son relationship. So because you are a son, he will surely listen to you, and when he sh when he hears, he will respond. If you and if you have believed after if you have believed, then then what are you believing about? You believe that he is your father. And when he hears, he will respond immediately. How many times did you finish your prayer without confirming that he will respond to you? Then we call that prayer a fleshly prayer, a religious prayer. Prayer is something that must be done, uh, that he is listening to me. How can you know that? Of course you should know that. I prayed believing that he is my father. So um, spiritually something happening is not, not our issue. This is not, a, not an issue. So if I believe that he is my father, and by faith when I receive that, believe um, what you have prayed while believing it. Because I have promised in me and, and I have put my evidence in that, then ask me of anything that I will respond to you. How can you describe the people who are believing in God in terms of prayer? Just keep sustaining and maintaining um, the relationship between God. 
I pray and he responds. I pray he responds. God is leading my life like that. So all, all the religious life that has not been responded, you need to repent deeply about that. So in this day, during this day, you must stay in this uh, awe of, of God's response of prayer. You must be satisfied. You must be emotional by his his response. It's not. Uh, so it's God acknowledging who you are. Through the answer of prayer, I confirmed. Oh, I am. I am God's child. I am His son. Moreover, you you need to believe that. Oh, God is raising up, raising me up. So through the response of God's prayer, I see these kind of things. Oh, God's calling is right. So through this uh, relationship prayer, I confirm all, all my identity. So even in a chance, if he does not respond to me, then I cannot let go of that. Because I believe that my prayer must be answered by him. And also he must uh, make me confirmed. So if he does not respond to me, then I cannot stay still. He must persuade me and he must let me uh, realize why he is not answering to my prayer. Because what I'm praying will never fall down on the ground. So he must explain that to me. And if, if, if that's the case, then I will repent. But because you don't believe that God is working through your proclamation, you just uh, stop praying and you don't even know what you're praying for and you don't even know that God is whether responding or not. And you will not have any um, amazement that He is responding to your prayer. So at this end time, these remnants must be the people who can do the prayer that can open the gates of heaven. So I don't have to pray what I have prayed for. I don't have to write what I have prayed because because I pray until I get responded. So if you if your prayer is not answered, you just pray until the end, until God tells you not to pray or until he responds to you. And if he says do not pray like that, then I stop praying like that. And if not, I, I will continue to pray. I'm not saying I'm just, just um, whining about that, but because that's my identity, I have the relationship between God like that. So do not consider prayer as a light thing. Do not consider it lightly. Is God persuading you? Does God explain your unanswered prayers? Or is he saying that, um, is he saying continue to pray? He must create this power in you. It's not out of your own stubbornness. How can I continue to pray like that? Because I have this faith that he will answer to me. There is even something that I've been praying for 32 years. Why am I praying for that? Because my faith is keep rising up toward that. And if my faith is rising up, if my faith is not rising up, I will question the Lord to explain the reason to me. So as long as you have faith, you keep praying. So there's no despair in faith. It's like a tank. You, you continue to break through. Amen? So Micah said two directions as remnants tonight. Look at the Lord. 
he is listening to my prayer. So if these two things are confirmed, then there's nearly no problem in your life. If these two are confirmed in your life in terms of relationship with the Lord, there's no reason for you to explain anything to the world. There's no need for you to require anything to the Lord, uh, to the world. Because the life that you <coughs> ask to the Lord is much easier. In book of Daniel, I said this many times. Why didn't Daniel why didn't Daniel explain everything to the king and instead he prayed to the Lord? There are many aspects why, many reasons why. But because it was easy for Daniel. It was easier for Daniel to pray to the Lord than to persuade the king to use his own power in the world. It was the easiest for him to just pray to the Lord and hear the response from the Lord. And now, just like that, your life will be like that. Many of you are different, right? If you feel unfair, you need to go to the person to explain, and you need to uh, persuade the person. Such a complex life. Verse 8. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. So practically, in, his, in the history, Assyria conquered Israel, right? These 46 cities were destroyed. And Assyria was proclaiming the victory, declaring the victory. And Micah said, you enemies do not gloat over me. Why? Why not? One defeat is not an eternal defeat. And surely God will give time to his children to, to avenge. So you don't have to fall into despair because you made a mistake, one mistake. Because we have the ultimate victory. And the reason why he allowed us this one defeat, I've talked about, uh, I've talked about death in this morning. Or never mind, the, the um, sovereignty. Um, having faith is that uh, acknowledging God as the sovereign being in all aspects. So when the attacks come, you shouldn't uh, acknowledge the, the enemy's victory. And instead, what should you do? You should, think, you should think and pray, why did God allow this situation to happen to me? Because if God does not allow that kind of thing to me, then it cannot happen to me, to children of God. This is faith of children of God. If God does not allow, this should not happen to me. If God does not allow, enemies cannot proclaim victory over me, right? So now you need to have the characteristic to live with faith. But because you keep living in the tendency of Babylon, you cannot live like that. In the morning, I said, this person is earning a million dollars of wage. Is it necessarily a blessing of the Lord? We can be, but it cannot be. 
if God's will is to make her earn um, 10 million, then how much uh, is she experiencing a loss? 9 million. So, so it's not a blessing. But because all her life, all your life is not on God, all your standard is in Babylon. So you think, oh, such a blessing, such a blessing, what a blessing, what a success. That's the standard of Babylon. In God's standard, God will not say like that. So you guys are so soaked in this tendency of the world. You need to have the standard of kingdom of God and your center is always focused on the Lord but it's always on the standard of Babylon, standard of the world. I don't know, um, but there used to be some parents who used to have this worldly standard in our church too who used to think that uh, even though they, they fail greatly in spirit, they are still satisfied if their children are studying well or something. No, it's rather a curse. It's rather a trap of an enemy. Not being holy, not living by God, not devoting to God, and still being bound spiritually and still being successful in the world. And there are, there's this song that we, we sing where all the curse is falling down, curse is falling down, instead of mercy is falling down. Mercy is falling, mercy is falling. Instead, curse is falling. So everyone is living in blessing of the world and they are still talking about blessing of God. Now your characteristics must change. Because you're living by the desire of eyes, you are just satisfied at these, these, um, uh, what's it called, low, low quality uh, religion. So we will never acknowledge enemy's victory. That's something that we can always bring on upset. And if God allowed a defeat for us for temporarily, and God will surely bring the bring the time to pay the repay the price for them. So if you are under a circumstance that you are being defeated, do not think, "Oh, I have been defeated." But instead, you should you should pray. Oh, we will see that later. Prepare to pay the price. This is the faith. So what's the important thing? Not the uh, circumstances, condition, but the relationship between God. So all these 33 years of my life, I've been like that. In, in my relationship between God, no one can interfere. So I didn't explain anything to any, anybody, but, and also the enemy cannot interfere between my relationship between the Lord. So if there's any interference that it is under God's allowance and God must explain why to me. So this must be done in the relationship of God. There is no reason that God will make me stumble on the issue of money. That, that was already finished 33 years ago. And last 33 years ago, I have never stumbled on the issue of money. And if I have, if I had, God must explain why. 
between my relationship with God, there's no reason for the money to interfere and delay my relationship to improve. So God will never allow that poverty. That was my life with God. That was my relationship with God. So there's no chance that money can interfere between my relationship with the Lord and make me waste time. So I'm telling you not to focus on your circumstances, condition. Instead of um, set, resetting and tuning your relationship with God, only thing that we should respond to is to the truth. We should only respond to God. Without that kind of faith, how can you live with God? He is the ultimate being. He is the omnipotent God. He is the creation, creator of the world. You are living with that kind of being. I mean, what's the benefit of just blaming others on your circumstances? Those things has no possibility to interfere my relationship with the Lord. And sometimes even you guys say, oh, it's because I'm not smart enough. Are you living by your own brain? No, you, you're living with His wisdom. And you, you, many times you say, oh, because of my family line, my blood. No, you are, you are within the genealogy of God. So in all circumstances, in all conditions, they cannot interfere my relationship with God. Amen? So you should have at least a faith like that. When God made me his child, and if I bring him down to my level, and if that's the truth, then I will try to live like that. But, but at least when I met the Lord, God is inviting us to be, be in his scale. But the only moment that he came down to our scale is when, when he wore this human body in order to bear all the sins. So when we are invited to him, all our standards must go up together with him. In the Bible, when did God ever lay down his skill? Did he ever say, because you have $1,000, satisfy $1,000? No, he has never said a number. And when God said about something, he, he just said, I gave you my abundance. Then I will understand what that means. So money is all about money, whether it's 6 million, 10 million, 20 million, whether it's 10 billion, it's all just number. So if you confirm God's abundance, Numbers in the world are meaningless. Amen? And even uh, and this season is a season that God is limitlessly working. And without this kind of faith, how can you live? Without, with this small skill, you cannot live any longer. It's time that God is pouring limitlessly. You should, you should receive, right? You should receive and have a great scale. So, so do not acknowledge the victory to the, to the enemies. Verse 8, though I have fallen, I will rise. It's an upset. This is not that I have power. 
but, but our being is not the being that will finish uh, falling down. No. The righteous will always rise again and again. So there is no defeat to child of God. Our being is impossible to be defeated. How can you be defeated? How can a son of God be defeated? Or rather, just don't call yourself a child of God. So you cannot fall down. And also, though I see in darkness, the Lord will be my light. You are the being that have no relationship with the darkness. And even we have the, the light itself in us. So how can we stay in darkness? If you stay in darkness, it means that you are just acknowledging the darkness or at least you should not have any light in you. Amen? In you, the light already came. Glory already came. So you would have not have any relationship with this exterior darkness. And if you, if you feel afraid about the darkness of outside, it means that you are not confirming the light in you. So you are feeling afraid of this outer darkness. When you don't have money, you will put all your effort in order to solve the issue of money. These days, God does not work like that. But um, many years ago, if I used to um, lack money, then I stop everything. I don't have to ask something from the people. I just stop. That's the best way. So I don't react to this outer darkness. No matter what kind of things people say, I just pause. Uh, yeah, you, you say your thing. I don't react to this outer darkness. Whether people accuse me I'm a heretic or something, I don't care. Why? Because I have light in me. But because you don't, you are not able to do that, you are so being shaken by the darkness. It means that you have failed to confirm who you are. Verse 9, because I have sinned against him. Uh, verse 9 needs little ex explanation. So what's the secret that we can live like verse 8 is um, appearing in verse 9. There are many ways to interpret the original language of Hebrew in verse 9. And we already know all the history that happened in New Testament. In that perspective, we can interpret. So first, first, uh, because I have sinned, I will bear the Lord's wrath. Uh, in Korean, it's not written in the active tense. So it must be uh, interpreted in an active tense. So it's like, I will be under God's wrath because I have sinned. Um, then what's the difference? What's the difference? We need to know that God uh, only reacts with wrath toward the sin. 
It's not God who will react after that we have sinned. He's the one who will be angry automatically toward the sin itself. So is there any possibility that he will not be angry after you have sinned? No. This must be confirmed in you. So in Korean translation, it seems like it is opening, it is giving you a possibility that God may not be angry after your sin. I said this in this morning. God only has one um, reaction to, to the evil, which is judgment. And there are some of you who might say, He's a God of love. How can He, he be like that? And, and God loves the being, and He does not love those, those um, beings of, of sin. So he, it is automatic for Him to react with wrath to those of evil. So this should be clear. Always, God will be angry to the sin, and there is no possibility for Him to not be angry toward the sin. This is an order. So, so if someone sins, then God will be angry immediately. If He does not have any solution for the sin, then God will continuously be angry toward that person. So if the sin is not being solved, um, that anger, that wrath is not being removed. So in that way, Romans is saying there's no righteous. If you do not solve the sin, everyone is under God's judgment. And in Micah chapter 5, we said that before Jesus came, every humankind belonged to the sin. So in order to remove, uh, um, solve all those issues of sin, Jesus came. And so that, that's how we should interpret verse 9 tonight. So God did not leave those people under sin. He did not um, let himself be under the wrath for a long time. And what he did, did he do? Um, until he pleads my case and upholds my cause. So here, pleads, it means he will um, defend me. Um, the word defend is not appearing, but he is defending me in a trial. <clears throat> because I have sinned, in order to solve the sin, he will defend me. And, and also he, he will judge me. So here, judging is mishpat. So through God's defending, I will receive His righteousness. So what should interfere between that? And here, I will see His righteousness. So Zedek, this must come in between. So surely God gave us Zedek. And because of that Zedek, God will defend us. And what's the result of that trial? The Mishpat. So from whom this Jedek came from? From Jesus Christ. Through his blood. So through this bleeding defender, defending lawyer, do you do we have any trial now? 
As long as we have this righteousness through the blood, the result of our trial is always victory. So we are always considered without sin. Practically, uh, all our records of sin is deleted and we became, we became um, identical righteous. Aren't you guys amazed? How can Micah prophesy this kind of thing? He's looking at Jesus Christ right now. Spiritually, it's the same. God will never leave you under His wrath. Holy Spirit knows it. So He will, he will cry out in agony. And as you listen to Holy Spirit's voice, you will be able to repent. And the bleeding defender works. Bleeding lawyer works. And His blood will confirm the righteousness in us. And here it appears a trial, but we don't need a trial at all. I will remember your sin no longer. Amen. Then what happens? Then um, he will bring me out into the light. So we will have the qualification to go before him boldly. This must be your lifestyle. So you should not have any failure going into the glory. The one reason that you can fail is that you fail to receive Jadek, this, this glory, righteousness. So one of the characteristics of the people who are meeting the, uh, the, the fullness of the Holy Spirit every day is sustaining the righteousness. And we can say this in two ways. One is that whether you are keep repenting, The moment that you are meeting anything evil, you are keep repenting. If you say something that God does not want you to say, then you repent immediately. If you see something uh, filthy that God does not want you to see, then you repent right away. Or you are, you are meeting Him right now. So the righteous has the qualification to meet Him. As this time is becoming longer and longer, you will understand um, the the amazement of meeting the Lord, and because this time of glory is so short for you that you are not experiencing, but but in 24 hours of your life you are keep maintaining His righteousness for like 10 hours, 12 hours. You will know. You will be emotional after this 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 time. And you only experience this gracious time for an instance. That's why you go up and down, up and down. If you stay in His glory and maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit for like many hours in a day, you will know what it means to see His light. So our battle lies on how long you are sustaining and maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Then the blood will be automatically running in you and activated. Then it will keep delete your sins in you. This is not something that you can do out of your own effort. Only one thing that you, you do is that you should acknowledge the righteousness and acknowledge the power of the blood in you. So in verse 9, the mechanism that you see is a spiritual order that leading you. Because of these, God is saying, I will make you like me. What, should we, what else should we rely on to? What else is more powerful than this promise? Where else is the power that can delete and remove the sin? 
the ethics and morals in the world? No, only the power of the blood. In all the universe, the ruler himself is the Holy Spirit who is dwelling in us. Who else would we rely on? I mean, unless you are such a loser, then you should be able to believe in this. Ever since I believed in Jesus, I have never asked for a person to do that, do something for me. Oh, please ask, uh, give me some sort of money. Of course, oh, well, actually, I, I am always asking Pastor Lee <laughs> to do something for me. I keep telling him, oh, make a reservation for me. <laughs> something like that. I, I should stop asking him for something, requesting him. But anyways, um, he, when, when he's doing everything in me, who else should we rely on? Because the water, blood, and Holy Spirit is keep activating in, in me, you should confirm that. Not only Apostle John, Paul, and all the great ancestors of faith in Christianity lived like that. In the book of Philippians, Paul said that I will consider everything that I have gained outside of Jesus as nothing. So in order to carry his death, in order to know him, in order to join and participate in the glory of his, his resurrection, and I'm, I am aiming for that resurrection, just like that his life will be like that. All these functions will keep being activated in, in the... In 1 Corinthians 4, 10 said, carrying the death of Jesus Christ is to gain the life of Jesus Christ. Continuously dying and living again, dying and living again is keep uh, activating in me uh, continuously. This is not something special. I'm not talking about the um, talents. Just believing in what He has done for me and what He has given in me and in the relationship, how will I use that? in terms of relationship then that's done that's over only one thing unbelief not believing in what he has done in me and because you are not believing in what he has done in me you are being lazy and not being diligent so that kind of people will never be able to be diligent in believing in those things in, in me so even 2007 years ago Micah already prophesied all this spiritual mechanism that is happening in this Old Testament era how amazing is this? Let's continue. Verse 10. These are all the explanation. How is this verse 8 possible? Then my enemy will see it and will be covered with shame. So because of this righteousness that God gave in me, the enemy will be in shame. Being shameful, it means that their strategy will not, will be nullified. I have said this in this morning. If you fail to uh, receive all this spiritual function, how are you going to live? It's like wearing this Bluetooth earphone on your ear. Spirit of whispering, spirit of accusation, spirit of hatred. You keep hearing their noises, their voices. And I said, the enemies will only react to your flesh. So it will use and manipulate your, your hearing um, function. 
But Holy Spirit's voice comes out of your inner self. So the enemy is using the noise and sound. So that's why these enemies are keep developing this, this Bluetooth earphone these days. So it's like wearing the spear of accusation on your ear. So pluck them out, pluck them out. All delusion, deception, accusation. So cleanse your ear every day with the blood. So if you do not receive this righteousness, you are being deceived. So all these um, sound of accusation are legal in, in Babylon. In this morning, I have said many things that are so important. If you live by unbelief, if you live in unbelief, you say that it, it was uh, very legal that that thing happened to you. It was reasonable. If you live in unbelief, your, your words will be characterized like that. Oh, it was inevitable. So it is so, so inevitable and reasonable. But it's all under Babylon's standard. The disciples saying, oh, the bread worth 200 denarians are still not enough. So unbelief will make all this reason and rationality to seem reasonable. But, but what does faith said? Faith is saying it is personal. Holy Spirit will never force anything to us. He does not grab hold onto our weakness and say upon that. He is very respectful, but I will not continue to uh, repeat all the things that I have said in this morning. But if you uh, accept God's righteousness like that, all the strategy of the enemies will be, um, will, will be nullified, will go into vain. So when he, says, when he says, oh, you have committed this kind of sin back then, then what should this brother say? Oh, that's true, I, I did that. Should you, should you say it like that? No. How should you say? Well, I don't know what you're talking about. So because their strategy is um, not working, they should be in shame. They should be shameful. Just like, just like that, um, if, if the enemies are trying to uh, make, make this brother deceited, so what, what, what would this enemy say? Oh, how shameful. I failed again. I failed again deceiving this brother. Just like that. So enemies will hate this kind of person. Who are the people that enemies like? The ones who will always respond to the enemy. The one who will easily get deceived. So that the ones who get, get depressed easily. Whose face will get darker easily. The enemies will like that kind of people. Because they are keep reacting to them. So you need to know that if you are not being happy, you are being targeted by the enemy. If you are not happy, it means that you have the enemy surrounding you. So there's no need for spiritual discernment. Only thing that we need to do is to see each other's face. See whether the enemies are manipulating the one next to you. Look at me. Look at me. Let me see. Let me see who, who the devils are liking. If you think you are the one that devils are familiar with, raise your hands. 
If you don't smile that much, if you don't get happy, then raise your hand. <laughs> Anyways, let's continue. What else is he saying? The enemy, um, she used to say to me, where is the Lord your God? <clears throat> so whatever these enemies are using to deceive, deceive us, so their ultimate goal is to make us not being able to believe in the Lord. So in, in historical background, when Assyria raided the Israelites, the Sanherib um, sent a letter to the Hezekiah and told him lots of lies. Where's your Lord? Where's your God? But what did Hezekiah do? How did he react to him? Oh, we are all dead. All these, these enemies are surrounding us. Did he, did he wail like that? Did he, did he cry like that? So, so, the castle of David is very, very small. It's, uh, it's surrounding this small Hezekiah tunnel. So, Imagine 185,000 people surrounding that small castle. It's not even a castle, actually. It's a small city, but it's, it's actually very small. So how fearful would the people be? But how did Hezekiah react? He brought that letter before God, and he laid the, that letter down, and he said, Lord, look. Look how dare he is saying in front of you. Then God's glory covered Jerusalem. And the enemies were, were not able to shoot a single arrow. And the very next day, 185,000 people uh, became corpse. It's not because Hezekiah was someone special, but because he did a reaction of faith. I am Israelite. And he gave the letter before God. And then God took care of the situation right after he chose the faith. So Sanherib and his armies became dead bodies. So this is how this is how important uh, the faith is changing our life and renewing our life. And Israelites saw Goliath and said, Oh, we are like grasshoppers comparing to him. But David, when he, when he saw him and said, Oh, you are my lunch meal today. Then that's over. He was able to slay everything, every, 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 everyone. So this is how important the reaction of faith is. And I always say that the reaction of faith is power to um, build the work of faith. Unbelief is the power to believe the work of unbelief. So it's clear on which power we should live. So we need to always react to the righteousness, not to the conditions and circumstances on our life. Let's continue. Uh, when should we finish? Uh, according to my, my own will. <laughs> my eyes will see her downfall. Even now she will be trampled underfoot like a... Like mire in the streets. So uh, the power that enemies have is the deception. They don't. They themselves don't have any power because they are destined to be, to be lose, to be lost. Even Jesus gave gave you guys the power to trample on the snakes and the scorpions. So just don't sit down there and just trample on the enemies. So look. 
if you keep failing, it means that either either the enemies have a, such a strong power. No, no, it's because you are being deceived. As long as you are not being deceived, what happens? They are the ones who are being trampled by us. They are only the ones who are being trampled by us. Trust me, I said that never once in my life, in my 33 years of my, my, my life, I have never worried of the enemies. And then, does that mean that I was 100% victorious? No, there were times that I was not victorious, but I, will, I, was, I never acknowledged my, my defeat over the, toward the enemies. Never. When I was very poor, I never doubted about the abundance that God gave me. If I lose um, ten thousand, I mean ten thousand dollars, I mean thousand dollars, I always thought, um, how much would God repay to me? So I always reacted to the kingdom of God. And there's no need for me to react to Babylon. Why would I react to the victory of the enemy? So in your religious life, in your prayer life, it's, it's a matter of your reaction of faith. It's not a matter of praying 15 hours, 20 hours a day. And I'm not telling you not to do that. But, but what really matters is not about your, your hours of prayer. But in each moment, in each moment in your life, how will you react to him? To whom will you react to? To Babylon are you, re are you going to react to? Or, or to God will you react? So this lies our victory. Turn off the air, air conditioner for me, please. So let's continue verse 11. The day for building your walls will come. The day for expanding your boundaries, extending your boundaries. So through the life of the remnants from verse 8 to 10, the day of great victory will come. In chapter 5, uh, Micah said the remnants, will, the remnants have to go into the wilderness. And after the, the completion of their salvation, they need to build a new, new city. In terms of um, prophecy, it means it has it symbolizes the millennial kingdom, and all nations will be filled with the knowledge of knowing Him. Until that day comes, we need to live a life of remnants that is appearing in verse eight to ten. Then. Then when that glorious day comes, we will see that the old earth has been converted to God's glorious land. Just like water covering the sea, we will see God's glory covering all nations. So all the life of the remnants that we are seeing in verse 8 to 10, we need to keep seeing the victory, the ultimate victory. And at the end, you will see yourself standing as the victorious at this end time. Amen. Let's continue. Verse 12. 
In that day, people will come to you from Assyria and the cities of Egypt, even from Egypt to Euphrates, and from sea to sea and from mountain to mountain. It means that all the world will be covered in his glory. Until that day comes, we need to continue the fight of faith. We need to uh, ignore the Babylon and the enemies. We should not put any value on them. So I will question you. Then, then why did he, God allow the um, enemies to to remain among us, even though he's he's destined to be defeated? And you guys know the answers, right? Because it was Jesus' practical victory, not our practical victory. So, so, so in order for us to share the feeling and emotions of victory, God remained those enemies for us so that we could defeat them. And, and we are um, identical, identically the righteous, but we are not practically the righteous. So in order to make us um, to be, be practical righteous, he remained the old self in us. So if you try to think in the enemy's perspective, what a pitiful life they are living. They know their destination. They are always being manipulated by God, and they will end up in this eternal fire. So in a way, we should uh, feel pity for them. Do you feel pity for them? Well, in their perspective, they feel actually a little bit pity. They all understand that they are destined to be judged, and they know that they are all under God's will. But because their original nature is evil, they cannot stop um, committing that evil. So if your old self is strong, you know that this evil is serious, and you know the devils are serious, and you know um, keep spending your time on your cell phone is evil, but you still do that. Why? Because that's the original nature of the evil. And even you know that, and even you know that you will go under the judgment, you will still live in Babylon. This is the original nature of the devils. Because this devil will, will participate in your evil nature. Even though you understand it's evil, it's dirty, it's filthy, you, you cannot help your, you cannot stop them. And devils are like that. They, they think that, oh, I am being manipulated by God, I am being used by God, but they cannot stop doing those evils. The only joy for them, only pleasure, only pleasure the devils have is the moment that they see people um, doing evil things. So no matter what kind of pain comes, we need to be able to smile, smile. Then the, the devils will, will think, oh, what a jerk. So do not ever react to the darkness. Amen. If you live by faith, then it's possible. Let's continue. Verse 13. The earth will become desolate because of its inhabitants. So what is this earth talking about? Uh, Babylon. They will bear their fruits of deeds. And the remnants will, will multiply. But the people in Babylon will will wither. So we need to believe in this ultimate victory. We need, and also we need to know this eternal um, defeat of the enemies. So no matter how wealthy these um, wicked are living in, in this earth, what should we say? 
what should we say? Um, pigs being fed well is only for the festival, right? So there's no need for us to um, be jealous to, to the world. From verse 14 to 17, uh, there appears two different time, time, uh, time tenses. So the time of great victory of the remnants will come. So how will, what will Jesus, uh, God do from verse 14? Uh, so prayer and praise comes afterward. And we will be able to pray and uh, praise and sing how he will do to the remnants. Verse 14, shepherd your people with your staff, the flock of your inheritance. This is a staff that shepherds used to use in order to gather the flock into the fence. We can say this is the word of God. Let them feed in Bashan and Gilead as in days long ago. Is it a right image for them to be scattered in Bashan and Gilead? If they are in the forest, it's not a normal image. So look, before the days, before the days of the Lord, uh, the remnants will have image like this. They will be scattered in the forest so that the shepherds cannot lead them in the right way. If I had to say, um, say a little bit, it, it was before the days of COVID, the pandemics, the remnants were scattered. And the prophecies, prophecies we have seen was the same, right? Now will be the time that God will gather the flocks of the sheep. That's a new season after the pandemic. And, and um, God is gathering his remnants seriously from now on. And he will feed them. How will he feed them? Oh, let them feed in Bashan and Gilead. These, this is the right image, in a fertile pasture land. We, we saw this in chapter, chapter 4, 8, right? You watch tower of, of flock, just like that, they were laid in this green pasture, just like that, they are being fed well. And um, they said it's, it's God's, God's complete reign, and they will restore this complete reign. And there will be time that we will restore the glory of the church, just like Zechariah chapter 5. So, so, so there will be time that the sheep will be gathered, and this is the season. What an important season. All these 33 years, I've been um, cautious and I've 
I was paying so much attention to his timeline, but this is the most sensitive time, and God is leading us in a very um, precise and sensitive ways. Only the foolish people are reacting to the world, but now is a time that we should only react to God. See, and how is he guiding us? How should I have this conference? Where should I open this conference? Everything according to the faith. Why? Because his returning is near. And during this season, if I lose the direction where he's moving, then it's a dangerous thing. So you need to be vigilant and awake. So this is a day of the remnants to be returned to the green pasture. So what, what are they seeing? Um, yeah, no, okay. He, he sang a Korean... Um, pop song it was um, he's asking his daughter for making lame jokes <laughs> so he's he's telling him to imitate him if, if he sing that kind of thing <laughs> he's keep telling him to do that When is this time that he is gathering them in this green pasture? As in the days when you came out of Egypt, I will show them my wonders. Just like Amos 9:11, the restoration of the tabernacle of David. God's perfect perfect reign will be accomplished. Just like prophecy of um, Zechariah chapter 5, after Jerusalem conference is over, that season will be opened. There will be time that the churches that Babylon is completely being separated will be revealed. There will be time that the archangels will join our ministry. Expect that time. I don't know how long that season will last. But after September, we will know. We will probably be able to know. It won't be that long. Within this decade, everything will be decided. So these prophecies are being, being fulfilled in our timeline. When I first um, preached the book of Micah, I was looking at the near future, but I'm proclaiming right now at this prophecy being fulfilled right now. So you guys are understanding why I am proclaiming at this word. So the restoration of tabernacle of David, the perfect time of God's reign will come. During days of the wilderness, Israelites never um, tailored their own clothes or they have never uh, been um, hungry. God led them completely. Amen. Verse 16. 
nations will see and be ashamed. So look, in this perfect reign of God, just like Zechariah chapter 5, the day that Babylon will be separated, divided, what does it mean that they will be ashamed? Nations will be ashamed of all their powers. It means it's lakish. The power to live upon is power. When that time comes, if you live by your own power, you will know, oh, it is a shameful thing to live by my own power. People will realize that. Even now, there are many of you who still do not understand what is e why it is evil to have desire of security, desire of possession, desire of fame and honor and accomplishment, why desire of pleasure is evil. There are many of you who don't, don't know this yet. And, but when this time comes, then you will know. Oh, this is why in the Bible, um, in the Bible it is said that Lakish is uh, evil. Then they will say that it's such an evil. And if you begin knowing that from now, then it will be good. It will be great. And of course, you need to greet this season after repenting all those evils from you. So look, all, all these desires of flesh is uh, being summed up to Babylon. And all the um, source of power is a desire, this desire of flesh. They are the power making these desires. So you need to understand this spiritual mechanism in order to get rid of them. And so then you will be able to pray desperately in order to get rid of them. First, you need to reveal them. You need to see, oh, uh, desire of possession is evil. Desire of possession made me live like a beggar in Babylon. I used to live like a beggar in this world. I used to have this slavery instinct of Egypt. Just like that, we are living in Babylon. Um, we work until we die. And in Romans, Apostle Paul prophesied. Uh, oh, never mind. Uh, in, in Book of Psalms, uh, David said, David cursed the enemies to, to die, work to work until he dies. That's a great curse of David to his enemy. This is an evil. There will be time that people will be ashamed of that. And they will um, put their hands over their mouths. They will realize then how great evil it was to having the evil and still praying to the Lord. <clears throat> Uh, uh, you guys know these, these three monkeys. One monkey is covering their ears, one is covering their eyes, one is covering their mouth, covering its mouth. It's a spiritual, very spiritual monkeys. One is saying, oh, I've been listening to filthy things. I've been seeing the filthy things. I've been speaking the filthy things. There is this story of three monkeys, right? Buy, buy these these dolls <laughs> and have them have them at your home. Hey, you come here. You come up here. You come stand here. You cover your ears. You cover your mouth. 
So yeah, these are the three monkeys. <laughs> This is the image. This is the image of the people who will regret themselves who used to live in Babylon. Doing, doing so many things up here. <laughs> so they will, uh, their ears will become death, deaf. So you need to um, cover yourself and protect yourself. So I will buy you, you guys, when you go back home, <laughs> those dolls. Verse 17. We're almost done. Verse 17 is a such a great prophecy. They will lick dust like a snake, like creatures that crawl on the ground. They will turn in fear to the Lord our God and will be afraid of you. Oh, never mind. They will come trembling out of their dens. So, when these glorious churches are being established, in conclusion, we will see lots of um, prophecies of war. And um, Jesus will return after the second three and a half year. So first and first 16 and 17 will have a long uh, big time gap between those two verses. They will come trembling out of their dens. This this sentence. So here trembling, yeah, it's trembling, trembling because of of an earthquake. So in Isaiah and and Zechariah, when Jesus comes back, there's a there will be a great earthquake. So this is describing the image of the people who are in the midst of that earthquake, hiding in the caves and dens. And when Jesus comes down, the earthquake will stop. They will crawl out of their caves and they will be this pitiful being like crawling on the ground. And in his days of second coming, uh, all the remnants were, will rise up as troops. So... So there will be people who will survive in Jesus' second coming like that. So they will turn in fear to the Lord our God. We will be afraid of you. And they will then realize, oh, Jesus Christ is a true creator of this universe. And they will be able to uh, be reverent before him. So this is a conclusion of the prophecies. So from verse 18 to 20, finally, the praises toward God, praises about God. Verse 18, who is a God like you, who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? So here, pardons in Korean um, translation is, is to spare, is to... Uh, forgive and to let them go. So it's a one one word to forgive them and let them go. So, to forgive them. So Korean translation is is little 
little wrong. They misinterpreted misinterpreted a little bit. So, so English translation is good. So he pardons the sin and forgives the transgression. So it must have two different meanings. So what does what, what does this represent? It represents the um, Jesus's work of righteousness. So. At the cross, he solved all our sins, and we have received his righteousness and received his holiness. And at the same time, with his perfect blood, he deleted all the records of the sin too. So this is what this verse is explaining. We solved all our sins. I mean, he solved all our sins. And... Um, Zechariah chapter 3 is speaking the exact same prophecy. So these are very fearful people, these prophets. In Zechariah chapter 3, he's saying, saying the same thing. Um, chapter 3, verse, verse 9. At the end of verse 9, he said, And I will engrave an inscription on it. Chapter 3, verse 9, the later part, I will engrave an inscription on it. I will engrave an inscription. In original Hebrew word, it means to tear. So just like he has tore the veil when he was crucified, this is prophesying Jesus' um, work, his ministry in heavenly temple. When this happens, what happens on this earth? So, uh, I will remove the sin of this land in a single day. He has solved the, the, the uh, problem of sin in an instant. So how fearful are these prophecies of the prophets? Right? Micah is the same, the same thing. So not only we are being saved, but also these sins are being sent away. So in Ephesians, uh, Paul said we have the authority of forgiving sins. So forgiving sins not necessarily have the exact same meaning, but it has the context of sending something away. Just like the goat of Azazel being laid hand, um, that goat will have all the sins of the Israelites and it will be sent off to the wilderness. So the great high priest will go into the sanctuary with these, these um, pure blood of the lamb and he will sprinkle the blood in order to, to solve, solve the, the sins of the Israelites. But Israelites could not see that, see that situation, right? So because of that, that's why the goat of Azazel was being prepared in order to show the people. So, so after the priest lay hand on the goat and impart all the sins to the goat, and after the goat is being sent away to the wilderness and when, when it becomes invisible, then begins the great festival. What if this goat of Azazel returns? <laughs> Such a tragedy, but that does not happen. If, if the removal of sin uh, is confirmed in sanctuary, the goat of Azazel will disappear in the wilderness. So when the Israelites see this, they will be able to rejoice, all oh, my sins, our sins are removed, and they will be able to enjoy and celebrate the festival. That's 
that's the forgiveness of sin. You have been divorced from the sin. You have been freed from the sin. So if you have received it in a right way, our life will be like festivals. Our sins are removed completely. Micah, Isaiah, Zechariah are doing all these great prophecies. And who else saw this? David. And David prophetically saw all these amazing works of this upcoming Messiah. And even sometimes we cannot believe in Messiah who has already done everything in the history. But how amazing could these prophets saw all the things prophetically, the words of the, uh, of the Messiah. Do you see the precious blood moving in you? Do you see the precious blood working in you? When you see these kind of prophecies, you should be able to, uh, you should feel fearful. This is not a coincidence that the amazing words of our Messiah, Yeshua, did. The Lord designed from a very ancient time, and it's such an amazing work. So in order to fulfill and accomplish this amazing work, how, do you th how much do you think God would long for that day to come? And without understanding his heart, how dare can you fall down? How dare can you stumble? So let's continue. Of the remnant of his inheritance, um, who do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. So because we solved all the sins, this is such a, a joyful thing that God is loving them. God can not love, God cannot love the sin, because, but because Jesus has solved all the issues of sin, God's covenant of loving these people becomes such a great joy to him. And he is the one who do not stay angry forever. So because the sin is done, when we commit sin, when we commit sin, God does not become angry to us. But because I am identically righteous, so, so I am not the target and object of the anger of the Lord. Only the time that I have to get rid of this energy of sin, I cannot form and make the right relationship with the Lord. But the only thing I have to do is to repent right away. If you have uh, spent one second before you repented, then means that you had only one second of a, of a wrong relationship with the Lord. But you don't have to do that. But it needs to be automatic. The moment that you commit sin, you need to uh, repent right away. Then your sin will be removed and you will have the good conscience. So you should not have a, these, these um, weird relationship with the Lord at all. You will again have compassion on us. So again here is shuv in, in Hebrew word. It means he is returning to, to us. He will have compassion. He is being compassionate to us and he is returning to us. So it's an extend, extended explanation of verse 18. 
God does not want to let us sit under His wrath because we are His image. So God will never abandon the people being under the state of uh, his wrath. So he will tremble. He will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Just like sending away the sins. So, so receive what it means to solve all the sins. So getting rid of the sin it means that come, uh, participating in the life of God. You need to believe in this. God has solved all this already. Amen? So this is something that I have already said this morning. If you solve the problem of sin, then there will no longer any pain in your life. There's nothing else that you should choose as a pain in your life. Uh, if, even if you do not have money, it wouldn't be painful. It all can be solved in God. If you solve the issues of sin, what else can be problem to you? More precisely speaking, even if you have problems, it will no longer be a problem to you. It shouldn't be problematic to you. You have solved your fundamental, your essence of your, your um, sin. What else can be your problem? Verse 20, you will be faithful to Jacob and show love to Abraham as you pledged on oath to our ancestors in days long ago. So solving all those sins, what happens? At the same time, faithful is emet, emet, being amiti, which is being faithful. And God showed love to Abraham. It means his love came into us. So his love, we became a relationship that we are just sharing his love. It's not something abstract. His love came in us. Book of John 15 says, Jesus indwells in me and I abide in his love. So this providing of love is always active 24-7. He's keep pouring his love to us. And this is being embodied to us. So just like 1 Timothy 2.15, all we need to do is to open the channels. Good conscience, clean heart, uh, sincere faith. As long as these channels of love is being opened, are being opened, are open, God will pour us limitlessly through the Holy Spirit. He will demonstrate His love to us every day. So there are so many of you who are not um, accepting his love. Why? Is it because he's not giving you love? No, it's because of your own thoughts and because your channels are shut. Cleanse that channels with, with the precious blood. If the channels are cleansed, then love will be activated. Let's pray. What are you clapping for? Let's pray. Our prayer is important. So proclaim your victory. Jesus has solved the matter of sin, the problem of sin. Just like um, it appeared in today's message, he will plant the sin underfoot. So confirm this in faith. Never allow and never acknowledge the victory of the enemy. 
Do not ever react to the darkness. So this is how important living by faith is. Do not ever react to the darkness and the facts that it is giving to us. You know that this is reality. Reacting to the darkness is making you led by the darkness. Uh, reacting by faith is making you being led by the victory of faith. So if you continue to live with faith, it means that you will see the day of victory that you will be in faith. So, but, and if you live by darkness, then you will continuously be bound by the darkness. So tonight, proclaim your victory. Um, trample down the enemy like, uh, like a dust. God already gave me the righteousness and there is no trial that is existing before me. So look, what's the most critical um, ministry that Jesus has done is his ministry of the righteousness. He gave us the qualification to meet God. This is the most fundamental and the most important. So, so the, what enemies are trying to do is to make us being unable to believe that. So if you fail to believe in that, all the glory God has prepared cannot be received. So the accusation and delusion, why they, are they dangerous? Because, because they make us unable to believe in them. And cell phone is such a dangerous channel, fearful channel that make you fall into the delusion and accusation. So it's keep um, whispering into your ears then you won't be able to make the relationship of the righteousness with the Lord. And it makes you continue to react to the darkness. But as long as you are receiving the righteousness, you will not have any trial. And you will continue to enter into the Lord's glory. This is the maintenance of the new self. This is the secret of maintaining the new self. So do not let go of this. Do not miss this. If you continue to enter into the glory then you will know all the amazing promises of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Oh, this is what it meant to go before the throne of grace and to pray. This is what it meant to see the glory of God. So what's the core reason why you cannot pray? It's because of this accusation and the guiltiness. It makes you lose all the power to pray. This is such a great loss of energy. For example, if you have hundreds of energy that you can um, sustain your daily life, out of that hundred of energy, there will be lots of um, causes that will bring a loss to your energy. But more than 70% of them will be the guiltiness and the accusation of the enemies. Such a great loss of energy, right? So those kind of people will not be able to pray because of loss of that energy. But if you are free from that accusation and if you won't be de deceived from that uh, delusion, then you will be able to go directly before the throne of grace. The blood is keeping activated in you. The word is being activated in you. And the Holy Spirit is moving you. And in that process, you are keep being a divine being. You, if you live by faith, you will understand this. If you don't live by faith, you will consider many things as problem. 
But if you live by faith, the same thing will no longer be a problem to you. So just an hour ago, it was problematic to me. But after one hour, if I live by faith, it will no longer be, be a problem. So I don't have to um, struggle and strive and uh, put all my effort on my flesh to get rid of that issue. But right away, right after an hour, if I receive his faith in a right way, if I have confirmed his faith and righteousness, then that will no longer be the problem. Even though if I'm in the same situation and circumstance. So what's real? What is real? Both of them are real. Being in unbelief is real. Living in faith is real. It's, it's about what are you going to choose between them. So do not be deceived anymore. Get rid of the, the, these earphones from your ears. These accusing earphones. Get rid of them. You will, you will experience how powerful you will be if you get rid of them. And you will be able to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit for a long period of time. And you will be able to maintain your faith for a long period of time. You will be able to maintain your new self. So, the person who maintained the fullness of the new self for one hour will never understand how you will feel when you maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit for two hours. Uh, but if you uh, experience the two hours of the fullness of the Holy Spirit, then you will see that it was even uh, incomparable to one hour of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So, so the more you sustain the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you will experience the amount of glory will change dramatically. Let's say you have maintained the fullness of the Holy Spirit for a month. Such a dramatic thing will happen in your life. Just as I have testified in my life, all my 33 years of my faith life was determined by the first year of my fullness of the Holy Spirit that I have maintained. If you maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit for a year, then your, your whole characters will be flipped upside down. But because you, you are not able to receive that faith, receive that blood, you don't know what glory of His gospel is. You don't realize how Holy Spirit is leading you. He surely exists in you, but why? Why can't you realize it? Because you have so many other things in you. So you need to put your life to reacting to the righteousness. It's not a difficult thing. Can't you do such a simple thing like that? God has done every other things. Only thing that you need to do is just one simple thing like that. You next generation. Now is the time for you next generation to rise up. You guys are such an important um, generation. You need to know how precious you guys are. You need to know how special people you are. Amen. Before we we go back to go back home, uh, bless one another. You are so special. You are so precious. You are so special. You are so precious. Now is the time that you are being raised as a main character, as stars. And we don't have much time that we can prepare another generation to uh, come as the, as the second generation. So you guys will be the last, last main characters. 
I don't know how exactly God will make me live longer. So, so the core principle of my ministry would be raising the next generation. So that's why I'm trying to invite all these young adults to Panama. I don't know when it will be. When it will be, maybe we'll do that in South Korea. I will invite all the remnants around the world, 3,000 remnants. Maybe, maybe we'll do that in Korea. I guess we, we need to do that in Korea. Maybe in a stadium or... Uh, we don't have anywhere else to go. At maximum, we, we could do like 900 people, but but then then we will only have the, the pure young adults. So next generations. <laughs> Don't get married until then. <laughs> you have been cured today, so you should get married. But anyways, let's, let's move on. Let's continue. Tonight, proclaim the victory. Tonight, while you guys are praying, I will lay hands on you and we will, we will finish the worship. So believe in God's um, prophecy tonight. God is gathering his remnants. And as you guys are being raised as the generation of victory, you will realize how shameful to have the desire of Babylon is. Now is the amazing season that we will trample the enemies. Now the glorious churches are rising up. Of course, they are already risen. Now is the time that they are being shown to the world. Amen. Do not have a, a narrow vision to be limited in Korea. What God gave me is a vision toward the world. So that's the reason I keep looking around the world. What is happening in this Western world have no meaning now, are nearly meaningless. Of, of course, because I am in South Korea, um, the, the thing that South Korean so ministry church is rising up is such a precious thing, but, but uh, everything is happening in the third world. When I go to Africa, I'm expecting what God will do in, in Africa. Just like Central America is being so much shaken. All the remnants will rise up in the third, third world. Oh. Aren't you guys expecting this? You guys are the generation of victory. You guys are our special generation. You guys are a precious generation. Do not ever acknowledge the victory of the enemies. Do not react to the darkness. Do not receive the enemy's accusation or the guiltiness. Do not allow them to whisper. Only I have God's righteousness in me. At the end of this generation, just like this prophet prophecy, we will see the complete um, separation of Babylon from us. You will, you will see how comfortable you will leave if Babylon's desire is being removed in me. If you don't have any desire of Babylon, you will, you, you will know how much of an energy will be saved.
you you won't you can't imagine how comfortable you will be if you let go of your own fame and honor. So why are people being so so tired? They are so they are always worried and they always go through the loose laws of energy, thinking, oh, how would that person think about me? But if you let go of that, you will experience the true freedom. So you need to get rid of all these snake heads. The season will come. You will not be interested of what people are thinking about you. And it won't be important to you. How free will, will that be? So you guys in the next generation must be free like that. Amen? When I, when I pray for you, I hope that great impartation to take place among you. Where especially? Should I, should I lay hands on them like this? So let's pray. Father, we thank you. Just as the word tonight, Lord, let us be able to trample all these enemies, the heads of the serpents. Let us rely on your righteousness. Lord, your glorious season is approaching. Father, your glorious generation is rising up. Just as Joel and all the other prophets have prophesied, the remnants are rising up. This is a season that you are gathering the flock of the sheep. Father, gather your remnants. Father, in this season that all the remnants around the world are gathering, Father, let them rise up as the main characters, as stars. Lord, we proclaim your victory, your glory. Father, we bless this generation. Father, let them march on and reign all around the world in order to raise all the remnants. As I lay hands on them tonight, Father, let your strong work be present. Let's pray.